Hello, friends, and welcome to the Reclamation Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Colleen Johnson, and I'm here to guide us in raw conversations about thriving in life and work so that together we can step into personal agency and stop letting life happen to us. We'll cover topics like health, boundaries, communication, finances, and worthiness. That badass business you've been dreaming of, it's not so far off. The desire to wake up feeling fully alive, it's right around the corner. Hello all. Before we jump into today's episode, I want to let you know that this episode contains subject matter that may be sensitive to some. We share openly about depression and suicidal thoughts. If this subject matter is delicate for you, please take good care and feel free to skip on to the next episode. And now, let's go ahead and join today's guest. All right. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Reclamation Podcast. I am super pumped about today's conversation. So what I have in front of me here is I have a giant cup of decaf coffee. I've got some water. I'm sitting in my office. It's a little bit darker today in my office, which is actually really beautiful. I've got some blue skies out, which has been nice though, because it's been really cloudy lately. So yeah, just sitting here really cozy. It's morning. And in front of me, I have Brian Lovelace. And I'm really excited because Brian and I have already just been chatting a little bit back and forth. And I can just tell we're going to have a really beautiful conversation. And I feel like there's going to be some fun rabbit trails along the way. So Brian is a transformational life coach, supporting folks through the lens of movement and cognition. He's both a human movement specialist and a cognitive and NLP coach. So First of all, Brian, thank you so much for joining me. I'm so excited. No, thank you for having me. Yeah. So I'd love if you could share just kind of like where you're recording from, what you have in front of you. I always love to start this podcast, just like sharing some of what's in our environment so people can be like invited to the table with us. I like it. This is uh, something new I haven't done before. Um, I'm actually sitting here in a a nice little soundproof room with my gallon of water. You know, I got to stay hydrated. And I have my little iPad where I take my little mental notes. And my little ring light. So I'm just, uh, yeah, just sitting here nice and cozy, uh, excited to dive in. I love it. So fun. And you had mentioned, so is this like a recent space that you've been working from? It's like a co-working space kind of environment? Absolutely. Yeah. So I I recently uh, decided to jump into a collaboration space because I found that in order for me to really show up and to deliver and just give the fullness of what I have coming from the inside of me, I wanted to uh, make sure I had it where it was uninterrupted. So I jumped into this collaboration space, which just happens to give me, if I want to come here at three in the morning, I could be here at three in the morning and just get into it. So yeah. Nice. I love it. Brian and I had like been talking a little bit beforehand and I just thought that was really fun. My husband and I had also popped into a co-working space earlier this week is our first time in our local area joining a co-working space. And it, it's just a really beautiful environment. I feel like the the way that co-working spaces are created these days where you can have other energies kind of around you that I feel like are really life-giving, but then you can also kind of have that solo time where you can focus and work and get stuff done. So super fun. I love that. So I guess first and foremost, before we jump into your story and in reclamation and of yourself from the inside out, which is our topic today, 
I'm curious if we could dive into what NLP is. So as you know, I've been studying NLP since around January this year, and you're also an NLP coach. And so I'd love to actually break that down for my audience. It's like, what is neurolinguistic programming? What does that mean? What does it mean as a coach? What does it mean as a client? So I'd love if you could kind of share your take on what NLP is. Absolutely. Uh, So with NLP, when I jumped into NLP, it became this thing where I realized the importance of our words, you know, I also call it the vibration through our throat chakra that we were putting out. So, you know, if we take in our moments, just to kind of give some examples uh, with the NLP, we're speaking to say somebody's stressed. And if I'm stressed, am I stressed in terms of, am I overwhelmed? Am I frustrated? Am I dreading? Am I finding myself in a state where I don't know what to do what's next? And when we, when we take with NLP, it, it puts us in a place where we can express our emotions with efficiency, meaning to know ourselves and know what our flesh is doing when we have visceral responses. Because, you know, when our heart rate gets up and, you know, we're feeling ourselves feeling really anxious, you know, where does it come from? Where, what's happening within us that we can put into words so that we can ultimately change, you know, our, our mindset and how we're actually viewing what's happening to us or around us. But also what it does is it opens the door for effective communication with the person next to you. One of the things that happens in a lot of relationships are people are, you know, miscommunicating. You know, I don't feel like I'm being heard. I don't feel like I'm being acknowledged. But what does acknowledgement mean to you? And when we're diving into the brain, you know, taking the human brain, the the brain can only associate, meaning the color of a red stop sign or the color red could mean stop. It could mean flower. It could mean a color of silk. And depending on where a person is at or what their mood is, that word is going to have a different impact to them. So, um, with NLP, it really puts a person in a position to really be able to communicate with the people next to them, as well as feeling understood because they know what it is they're saying. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I feel like my experience with NLP too is it's just this, it puts a lot of language and understanding around basically what you're saying is our lenses on the world. So we can finally see, oh, okay, this is my lens on the world. And then the person sitting next to me has a different lens. And then I can actually choose to zoom out and see kind of things from a bigger perspective. And not only does that help me understand the people around me better and have more compassion, but it also invites me into more possibilities. So, you know, instead of feeling that overwhelm, I can then see, oh, actually there is, you know, 10, 100, a thousand other possibilities out there that I didn't realize were there that I can now choose from. So it's, yeah, it's just this really beautiful um, set of tools that just like, I feel like open people's minds in a beautiful way. Absolutely. And, and like to give some context, uh, you know, for everybody out there listening, I always like to frame with some words like perspective versus perception. You know, the difference between those two words is when we take our perspective, the perspective is in the lens of which we view the world. So if you take in the life you've come from and you take in, you know, every experience you've had in your life. And take more of the feelings that you don't like, you know, the feelings that give you that feeling where you're like, oh, this is that that's very familiar, reminds me of something I don't want to experience again. And we start to experience that feeling. Well, our perspective in terms of what we are looking for is going to be what we allow ourselves to experience, which is the perception. So the perception is how we experience the world. I leave everybody with these words because this is something that, you know, when we're taking in our life to know 
that if anybody shares a story or what they say about you, it is simply their perspective of what they are willing to allow themselves to experience with you. So to put a person in a place where they don't feel like it's, oh, I don't want to feel like I'm making people unhappy. It's really just what they're focusing on so that we can be more intentional on how we show up with the people in front of us, which now brings us you know, to a response versus a reaction. So that's the other two words that I'll put in there. And then from there, the response versus the reaction. A response is going to be thoughtful. A reaction is going to be something that's like a knee jerk. You know, and just taking it in the context of interactions with people and communication, you know, to practice breath, like breathing before you speak or respond to something that might make us feel upset. Like, for instance, if somebody says, I don't like you, I can sit there and go, what? I didn't do anything wrong. Or I could say, tell me more about what's going on. So being thoughtful versus being a reflex. And those are the two words I live in. So perspective, perception and response versus reaction. Yeah. I love that. Thank you so much for those distinctions and yeah, that overview of those different words. I really appreciate that. That was great. So I'd love to dive into your story. I'm really excited personally to hear just kind of what's going on for you and your journey. So yeah, I'm curious, what is your story? How did you kind of start in this work and what did you have to reclaim, which you've kind of already said, kind of reclaiming yourself from the inside out. So I'd love to just hear that story of what did it mean for you to reclaim yourself from the inside out? Absolutely. It's a, it's a, it's a story. It's a story. So <laughs> I got to, I got to figure out how that, how I can gracefully share it. And really just, I want to raise the vibration to everything that I speak and really share this story from a place of resolve, because that's what my life is. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a story, but I can share it from a place of resolve because I understand how it's got me to this point. This story started back in 2013, where at this time I was going through a failed marriage, you know, where there was things that were happening in my life where I didn't know how to receive love. You know, I came from a house where everybody was working, everybody was trying to provide. And, you know, it was a a single parent home where relationships weren't stable in the house. And, you know, and going through that, here I was in a relationship where I had, you know, I have two girls, you know, now in their teenage years. And it was a time where, you know, we had decided, you know, I decided to step back because I wanted to show my daughters that it wasn't okay to be in a relationship where, you know, two parents weren't in it together, like to be able to communicate in a healthy way, because I didn't know what healthy was at the time, but I knew it wasn't what we were doing. And to take that step back, you know, was another piece that was happening. I call this the perfect storm of how I arrived to the destination of being open in my heart to receiving more of what the world had to offer. And the other ingredient to that was the disconnect between, you know, talking to my mother. You know, we went through a phase where we hadn't spoken for two years and, and really it was, you know, taking our childhoods and wanting to have questions and nobody really knowing what to say. And me knowing that there was more that I needed to understand, I found myself, you know, kind of walking away from all of that because there was no communication. You know, so on January 2nd of 2013, that was a day where, you know, at this time I was working at a job and the job wasn't, it was barely paying the bills, but I was trying to take care of my ex-wife and her kids. And this time we were just in a separation phase. You know, here it was where the job was barely giving me enough. I was in a place where I was, you know, I caught the flu. It was the first time I've been sick in forever. Like that was the last time I was sick. And 
you know, here it was where I was tired. I said, you know what? You know, I remember, you know, looking up and, you know, asking God in the universe, like, oh, what do you want from me? You know, because here it was where I was giving everything. At least I thought I was giving everything. And I had given up. And I had decided at this time that, you know what? I'm ready to go. I'm ready to leave this flesh. I'm ready to leave this earth. And I was taking a drive to, it's this place called Deception Pass out here in uh, Seattle, Washington, which is this beautiful bridge. I mean, it's a 400 foot, you know, down into this river, rushing water. It's got the best sunset that you could see. And I mean, just lined with trees. And that's where I was going to, you know, say goodbye. And in that moment, you know, as I was driving up to the pass, I had my life flash before my eyes in terms of experiencing my death. And in experiencing my death, that was where I felt the impact of the water where I jumped and the water hit. I held the, the, the ring in the ears of the water and it was a swoosh. But by the time I had already passed on, here I was looking at, you know, my daughters at 20 years plus old asking why. And, you know, at this time I was training for the Olympics in speed skating. And, you know, all I wanted to do was prove, I wanted to share a story of what it meant to come from the broken side of the fence. I just wanted to be a person who could have some kind of worth or impact. And I thought the Olympics was going to be the way to go as well. So in all these things happening, you know, I ended up doing a 25 mile bike ride. It was in 32 degree weather where it was black ice out in the roads and I had the you know, flu. So I was on flu meds. And I decided to do that versus driving the deception pass because I said, you know what? I got to give myself a chance because if I don't do it this way, people are going to tell me I'm selfish. Well, I finished that 25 mile bike ride. And when I finished that 25 mile bike ride, that is where my story began. Because in that moment, I had learned what it meant to let go of all the pain and anger and resentment so that I could let go of this life. And what I found in, in my life and in suicide, it was peaceful. And when I experienced that peace, that day was a blessing. It was the worst day of my life, but it was the best thing that could ever happen to me. Because the answer that I got from that moment was, you know, when you're a rock in a room bigger than all the other rocks, and you are looking for that rock bigger than you, you're going to have to travel and you're going to have to surround yourself by other rocks, which is going to put you in leaderships. And here it is where your life has been shaped, okay? You've been weathered for a reason because when people go to the beach to grab a rock, the rock that people go and they pick up is the smoothest rock. It's the one that feels nice on the skin. It's the one that has a unique, the, 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 the smoothest edges. And those are the rocks that have been weathered the hardest. And you are the desired rock on the beach. Now we fast forward. And I look at my life and I say that everything that has happened in my life has been, there are no coincidences in this life. Everything that has led me from here to there, as it has put me in front of you, has been because of every moment in my life. And I was in Edmonds. So this is a nice little town. It's a 60 plus population town. It was the first time that I had been in a place where I was helping people as a trainer. So as a human movement specialist, I deal with movement. So if you got bad knees, back shoulders, I'm the guy people come and see. But I was working in a community where, you know, 60 plus community, 
you know, and the one thing they don't want to deal with is falling and, you know, breaking their hips. And, you know, this is where they've actually respected the fact that, you know, there is death on the other side and it's pretty close. So I was surrounded by people who were in a phase of their life where they had done all the living and now here they were giving back to themselves. And when I was in this town, before I got this job, there was a question that was asked to me that, you know, was interviewing for this place. And it was the first time they had ever hired anybody outside of the people they had in the community. Now I have to give context to this because in reclaiming, you know, myself from the inside out, there were a lot of things that I had to acknowledge and I had to let go of. And one is, you know, being a black male in a predominantly white community. During this time, you know, my life had been conditioned to only speak when spoken to. You know, everybody wants to take care of themselves. You know, if you don't keep your head down and work, you're going to find yourself last. Those were the rules that I was brought up on. So I just worked and I put everything in and I never shared myself. I never spoke about myself. You know, I was a child that dropped out of high school and I was a mumbler. And for 32 years, I believe the nightmare I was living was never going to end. So here I was now in this community where in this job interview, it's like the sixth one, I'm fighting all these other things in the back of my brain. It's really speaking to my ego saying, are you enough for this job? Because here you are different than everyone else and you talk different. You're very assertive and what's going to happen? And this was kind of a turning point when I had decided that, you know what? The lesson one I learned was give yourself permission to think different. So when I gave myself permission to think different while going through this, I was able to then, you know, walk into this interview for the fifth time. I've never done that many interviews for a small box gym. And I was asked a question. He goes, you know, why are you excited to wake up in the morning? And I was never asked that question before in my life. But in that same breath, I was like, why would you ask that question? This is an interview. Like, what do you, what do you want? <laughs> what do you want with this? And in that same breath of thinking, why are you asking this question? I said, I wake up every morning with a chance to inspire, innovate, listen to learn, to be the best version of myself. Because if I can practice one of those things every day, I'm living my best intentional inclusive life. And that was the first time that I had ever spoken to my mantra, to why I was excited to wake up. So that was two, was one, giving myself permission to think different. But number two was being able to speak out loud what it was that I was excited to wake up for. And then being able to express gratitude for being able to do at least one of those things every single day, even if it was on the bad day. And, you know, all of a sudden it was never a bad day. Now we fast forward to with my clients, here it was, or I was having conversations with a lot of my 60 and 70 year old clients and, you know, we're getting great results working out. That was the cool part. But the thing that I enjoyed more than anything was connection. And it was connecting with people and really hearing their story. But the thing that was happening to me that I had never experienced before is they were listening to me when I shared my story and they were asking questions to me that I had never been asked before. And in the place that I was 
in with allowing myself to receive. Now, this is the third piece, being open to receive. And what I was open to receive was an experience. I was open to receive, you know, the dialogue of being able to say, let's be open. And they had it where I felt safe. And, you know, in those moments, I was saying my story and people were talking to me. They're like, I would have never guessed. I would have never guessed. But then it started to change their life. And when I started seeing people in their 60s, 70s, and 80s experiencing something for the first time, and I was at the center of it, it dawned on me. And the question that I asked myself is, but why can't you? And from that time forward, a lot of serendipitous things kept happening, like the synchronicities and the growth journey became this constant where I just couldn't deny it anymore. Every message that was hitting me from outside and, and even in, you know, if I, you know, had a car breakdown, there was silver lining in that. And I gleaned insight from every moment, the good, the bad, the indifferent. And for the first time, I realized what it meant to be, you know, being open, but also being able to savor the taste. Because at a point in time, my soul was a glutton. I was gluttoning for all the information. I need somebody to give me answers now. And what I realized in how things were showing up, when we go back to 2013, the question I asked was, God, universe, what do you want from me? And the answer was, well, one, I want you to share your story from a place of resolve. And, you know, two was to be able to connect people deeper and more intimately to themselves so that they can connect with others. And three was to be able to enjoy the experience as it came to you in its pureness without any prejudice. And in being able to speak to those things, I started this coaching business where, you know, I started writing, taking notes to every moment. And and when I started taking notes to every moment, the things that I was writing and the things that I was reading now, there was another moment where I was playing pool. I was playing to be a national ranked pool player, the billiards, you know, hit the, the white ball on the table. You try to knock the eight ball. And if you're playing eight ball, you know, there was a book that I read called Pleasures in Small Motion, which was about pool, but it was about 90% psychological, 10% pool. And it was something that stood out to me about pool, which was when you are playing pool, you never control the ball on the table. You're always guessing. So, but the thing is, the result of where that ball goes on the table is based on what you put from yourself. So if you are not consistent in yourself, in your stroke and everything you're doing, well, now it goes back from the inside out. And what I realized in that moment was, I was like, wow, the universe is speaking to me. It is giving me these answers that I've been looking for my entire life. And here it is now speaking from the inside out. And then I realized, what does it look like for people to actually connect with themselves in a way that they've never connected with themselves so that they can actually connect with other people. And, you know, ultimately the NLP became a practice because linguistically as a society, I realized that we are unaware. And when it comes to understanding our flesh in terms of those visceral responses, you know, the heart rate, the, the flushing of the skin, or just that thought that comes creeping in out of nowhere because of the tone that someone used. When I started to understand that, I started to understand other people. And, and then it went back to, you know, going back into our philosophy, know thyself. If one does not know thyself, it is going to be really hard 
to connect with other people. And the thing that I learned about, you know, people was here, I, you know, started looking at people and I go, wow, we give to each other as we wish someone would have given to ourselves. So the question that I, I ask everyone is if you find, look at all the ways that you give to other people, look at all the things that you do for other people. And then the question I ask you is, are you giving to yourself in abundance, which you give to everyone else? Because if you're not, that is exactly why there are these moments of feeling like one's being taken advantage of. Those are the reasons why we have resentment to the things happening outside of us. And then there's this void that just keeps getting bigger and bigger because nobody is reciprocating what we are giving them that we wish someone would have given ourselves. So what I realized when it came back into reclaiming ourselves from the inside out, it was until you know your worth, you can only give what you believe your worth is. And if we're always giving more than we've ever given ourselves, then we have to take that pause and look at what am I missing for myself? Because the next thing in how I approach life is I don't give love and I don't give my time. I share my love and I share my time because what I give to myself is I give to myself in abundance so I can share in abundance because you cannot take from me what I am sharing with you so that if you don't say thank you, I was sharing with you anyways. And that is how I keep the, the, the gears and turning because this life is not about good or bad. You know, if we took morality out of society, everybody is right. But if we're looking at a life, it's, is it self-serving or is inclusive? Because to live an inclusive life, it comes with sacrifice. And when we're speaking to integrity, integrity becomes this piece of saying, what are my boundaries? Because what I realized with reclaiming myself is if I couldn't articulate my boundaries, and I couldn't articulate what it was that I desired or what I wanted. How was I to ever put anything out into the infinite unknown into the universe? And now we're speaking in this manifestation to actually get something back if I wasn't even taking the law of action. Because now we're getting into the universal laws. And these are things that, you know, what I found in our journey of consciousness or mindfulness is you know, we don't know what we don't know. And if it's, if we're living a life with the people that we have closest to us, what we think we know, we're always going to be disappointed because of the expectations that we put on those that they don't even hold to themselves and that we don't even put ourselves to either. So going back to those uh, little things. So just words again, integrity, you know, boundaries, you know, and being intentional. You know, intentional is the one word that I, I use every time with my clients because, you know, to speak to intention, now it speaks to why is it important? And when we're speaking to our why, if we don't know why we are doing the things we do, but we can only describe a feeling, well, why is that feeling so important for you to feel? Because now we're going deeper in the realm of like, okay, how do I ground myself? How do I stay grounded? How do I stay centered, you know, when everything around me seems like it's an absolute chaos, you know? So that's the snapshot. I mean, I, I mean, I could go on for days because I've, I've got probably like 400 note, 400 page plus of notes and I'm working on a book right now, you know, help people create a blueprint. Yeah. 
Totally. I'm glad you're writing a book. Cause I feel like as I'm listening to this story, like so much of it feels like, yeah, I feel like so much, so many of the pieces you're talking about, they feel like pieces that I would want to simmer on. And then I'd want to like hold to like when reading a book. So I'm letting the, all of the thoughts like fall as it's in processing. Oh no, I was going to say, I was going to say to speak to processing, you know, I want to give this other word for everybody out there listening to emotionally process. Okay. Emotional processing is something that we do for ourselves when we have to, you know, go through a process. Like if life is hitting you really hard or you're having a a day where you felt like you kind of let down people to take time to emotionally process, like going into self, thinking about where, with the feelings, where we were feeling, and then really trying to put words to it in a coherent manner so that we can, you know, move forward with clarity. You know, so the processing time, I'm so excited. I'll be excited to do a follow-up to see, you know, what's gleaned from these, these moments because yeah, yeah, know it's a lot. I'm dumping out a lot here. So everybody out there listening, I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry because this is what this life is all about. So. Oh, hey, it's Megan here. We'll get right back into today's conversation, but before we do, I'm here to let you know a little bit about my life coaching and creative consulting. As a coach, I work with creatives, misfits, and holy outsiders who often feel trapped in overwhelm, overgiving, and fear, but who also have a passion for doing something meaningful in the world. These folks are ready to hand back their past programming and rise as the leader of their own life. If this sounds like you and you are so ready to start your own reclamation journey, let's chat. I invite you to book a free consultation with me at my website, megscolleen.com. That's M-E-G-S-C-O-L-L-E-E-N.com. Now let's dive back into today's conversation. What I love about what you shared too is you really kind of hit on all of the different phases, I feel like, of kind of awakening to yourself, reclaiming yourself, and and then also, you know, just hitting on like the universal laws and like kind of stepping into that self-actualization. So yeah, for everybody listening, like it is a lot that's that you just shared. But each part of that is so beautiful. And and I love to, like, no matter where you're at on your journey, there's so much you can take from each of these different pieces. So one thing I wanted to circle back on real quick was, I think you shared three different things. So you shared, you gave yourself permission to kind of rethink things, correct? And then the second one was, can you remind me? I'm trying to remember those three different things. I should have written them down. Sorry about that. So in looking at the uh, things, I'm writing them down as well. Giving ourselves permission to think different and then taking and speaking to what we are open to receiving. And then, um, geez, there's so many. I've got, I mean, I've got a list of about 30 different things and processes. <laughs> so I'm just going to work from whatever I get and it's going to be beautiful. So let's just start with one, giving ourselves permission to think different. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love if you could speak to that a little bit. So like, when you gave yourself permission. So I know in my story, when I first gave myself permission to think differently, it was quite honestly terrifying because you do have to like reevaluate the way that you've been living through the world. And I grew up in a very conservative religion. And so when I questioned a lot of those beliefs, I also had to face the fear that I might lose part of my community, which did happen. And I think a lot of people, we all have those pieces, right? When we start to think differently or give ourselves permission to ask questions about how we've been thinking, there's fear of, oh, well, will I lose friends? What will my family feel? 
what will the world at large feel? How will this affect my career and my money? And I'm curious, like for you, what was that process like? And how did you actually get yourself to that point? What you just shared is absolutely spot on. Because when you give yourself permission to think different, there's other piece, and I'm going to share a quote from my uh, journal. You know, don't expect those closest to you to acknowledge your growth when they're stuck in the past. Because what happens now is when we start to experience that growth and we start to approach things differently and we're showing up in a way that most people aren't used to, and we are actually sharing in abundance with something that they're not used to receiving without saying, I expect something back. It pushes people, not pushes people away, but because they're not conditioned or they're not open to receiving or even aware that they are allowed to receive it, they will find themselves removing themselves from it because it's not familiar. And what I found in giving myself permission to think different A lot of acknowledgement to hard truths became that next piece, which was looking at if you take the life and the people around you and all of a sudden you start to integrably show up for yourself. If you're going out and you're always partying on a Friday, Saturday, or the only time you're hanging out with people is, you know, when you want something to do because you don't want to deal with the stuff at home. And all of a sudden now you start taking care of yourself. You're giving yourself sleep. So people want to catch up with you in the middle of the night and you're like, no, I'm not able to do it. Or they want to talk about negative things. And you're like, yeah, but you know what? How can we look at it a little bit different? All of a sudden, the very thing that you built the relationship on begins to change. And when I realized with giving myself permission to think different is I also accepted that it's a lonesome place, but I'm not lonely because when where I'm at now in my life and giving myself permission to think different and really just showing up in a way that behind closed doors and what you hear now is who I am everywhere I go. And what I found with that is the only people now who are in front of me are people who are seeking, people who are creating, or people working within a duality of both. Because I've opened my heart for meaningful connections so that when people do come in my life that are just connections, but they're not really meaningful, the way that I show up, they're going to walk away. But I've given myself permission to think different and knowing that not everybody's going to like you. And it's not that they don't like you, it's that they're not ready to receive you. And that was the piece that I had to kind of go through and give myself permission to think different because now everything I speak and I do, I gave myself permission to think different. You know, I can't expect everybody else to do the same thing, but at least I'm able to speak to it so that they have the choice on what they want to do. Yeah, 100%. I love that. And I'm curious something you touched on briefly there was kind of this, essentially you've got this internal shift. So it's inside out, right? So, you know, working on that inside and then shifting it to outside and that alignment through and through. And I'm curious when you experience that alignment, or this might actually be a better question in regards to your clients. Do you notice as people shift from the inside out, so you know, aligning themselves internally, having that integrity, and then creating that externally. Do you notice that that also shifts any symptoms or like disease and things like that? Do you kind of see a correlation there? 
Absolutely. All the time. And it, it's crazy because I ended up naming my business the shift coaching because that is the epitome of what life is about is being able to shift one's perspective and to at least, you know, give them and create a space for them to actually be able to allow themselves to speak, think different while practicing it with somebody who is not going to judge them and how they choose to explore in a way they've never done before. And that's what I found is, is if I can continue to watch with clients every single time we go into something, the thing that I've learned and I've experienced with the majority of my clients, even down to training, was people don't talk about themselves. People don't share themselves. People don't have others trying to listen and to really understand. And to understand a person, we're asking questions that people aren't being asked because they're not being intellectually challenged to express themselves. So, you know, we're taking top, you know, the topical answers, like if we take in our friendships, if you, if we're looking at our friendships, what happens when we ask the question that really says, you know what, I really want to understand how you feel because your word, you know, what we might use for words might not resonate the same. And if we're slowing down and, and really taking that time with my clients, that's exactly what we experience because then all of a sudden they're connecting with certain things. Like, I don't know how many times I've had a client tell me that they're an empath, you know, and the thing that I've learned about, you know, being an empath, especially if we proclaim it out loud, you know, and this is nothing wrong against it. If, you, if you're an empath out there, great. I'm just giving the other perspective to speak to that thing we might want to put our focus on to acknowledge it, to see if there's blind spots within that space. And the thing that I've noticed with empath, as an empath, because I used to say I was an empath, was it's easy to identify somebody else's pain. And if I'm identifying someone else's pain, what does it mean to be compassionate? Because to identify pain and then actively do something to help without expecting something in return is to be compassionate. And what I realized about empaths is that when they go out in public places, they're like, I can feel all the energy around me. I can feel what the people are doing. I can feel when I'm in front of somebody, I can feel when things are off. But what that really speaks to is anxiety. If the setting is a lot of people, well, anxiety. Now let's go into how many times you feel anxiety. How many empaths sit there and say, I feel when somebody's happy. And that's what we speak to in terms of identifying ourselves. So when I get my clients, you know, you know, watching them experience, like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that I was describing my anxiety as feeling other people because their entire life was spent helping other people and not acknowledging themselves. And that's kind of what I do with the coaching is, is you know, really bringing people back into themselves so that when they are in front of other people, they can, you know, they can go, oh, wow, you know, now it's not about people attacking me. It's about what I don't understand about them. And it becomes a very inclusive dialogue. So, you know, that's where the shift comes in with permission to think different because every time we get to exercise it in every moment. And, and a, a great exercise that I, um, I share with people is if you take a bad moment or you take a negative feeling in your life before you respond to it, I challenge you to try to look at it with 15 different perspectives on how it can be a positive impact. Because if you can look at 15 ways on how it could be a positive impact, I'll tell you the first time you do it, it's exhausting. The second time you do it, it's exhausting. The third time you do it, you're like, I don't want to do it anymore. And by the 20th time, it's like breathing. 
Because then all of a sudden, how can you be mad when you can look at all the things you don't know based off of what you think you know, based on the feeling that they've triggered within you? And now it's making us more mindful in the in our interactions with the people around us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really um, love that. That's a really beautiful practice. I know something that I noticed in my journey when I first kind of recognized that I, I identified as an empath and then learned the art of boundaries and how, you know, we don't have to. I don't know. To me, when I, when I tend to engage with empaths, it seems to be, and myself included, it seems to be an adaptive strategy that we learned at some point, you know, like you originally stated that, you know, you were told, or you tended to be quieter, right. And like not use your voice. And so like, it's this adaptive strategy to feel all those energies and to take those on. And then once we learn exactly what you're talking about, where, oh, wait, there's other perspectives I can look at this from, oh, wait, I can actually fill my cup first and share from the overflow. I don't have to give, 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 and and take care of everyone else around me. That's just an old pattern that I learned to keep myself safe or to, you know, function in the world that we live in. And we can shift that there's new possibility. We can reclaim ourselves and then share from that overflow. We can look at those 15 different perspectives. So yeah, I love that. That's such a good practice. I feel like that'd be so hard to do in the moment, but I'm going to have to try that. I'd never actually looked at it from that way. So <laughs> a beautiful, I love it. And you just went to the second piece, which is acknowledgement now. So if you take the, you know, giving yourself permission to think different, now it's the acknowledgement of self. You know, if we, if we take in how we are always looking at the people around us and the things that we're getting into, you know, how many times do we take time to acknowledge ourself? And if we're acknowledging ourself in its fullness, like to acknowledge self in fullness, now we're looking at it's okay because I didn't do the job, you know, and if I can acknowledge myself in that, I can really just try it a little bit different. And things will work out in time. You know, I don't know. I haven't done it before. You know, so to really practice that acknowledgement of self is there's a lot of different forms of acknowledgement, like acknowledging grace, acknowledging, you know, what does it mean to, you know, acknowledge? Do you give yourself the space to hold stillness? You know, do you acknowledge yourself in terms of being able to say, I am sad? You know, because if we repress, we will eventually become depressed. So if we're not being vulnerable with ourself, now it becomes this thing of our masculine and feminine energies. And a lot of people are stuck in their masculine energy. And an example of masculine, we're not talking gender, but in our energies, logical, independence, you know, assertive, those are your traits of your masculine. But if we take in our feminine energy to nurture, to be creative, to be vulnerable. These are all feminine energies. And the thing is, in acknowledging ourselves, we bring balance to our masculine and feminine energies because the most powerful energy that gets things done in this life is your feminine energy. But people are asserting themselves in everything with their masculine energy and wondering why they keep missing the boat because it requires one to be creative. So, Emmy, you know, saying give yourself permission to think different you know, encouraging people to give themselves permission to think different and then acknowledging self, that's tapping into your feminine energy because you have to become very creative, especially when you're looking at 15 different perspectives to one thing that's happening that we don't like. And that's the exercise that, and that's the exercise to balance your feminine energy. You know, it gets us out of that space. So yeah. I love that. So beautiful. And I'm just like, I love how you 
you have so much knowledge around all of these energetics, like throughout this whole process. So I, I really appreciate that. You can tell that you've done so much research and so much, you've spent a lot of time on yourself and understanding all of these pieces and how to articulate them well. So I really appreciate that. And just like all of that you've shared today. So, so excited. And typically speaking, I kind of then move into three empowering tips, but we've shared, you've shared empowering tips throughout this whole thing and that beautiful practice. So I guess what I want to ask before we move into wrap up questions is just, is there anything that you feel that you want to share to kind of like tie a bow on or like bring closure to anything that you've shared? Absolutely. You know, as, and I'm going to give it a kind of a mantra that I, you know, like to go into everything that is happening. And I'm going to speak for how I speak to myself behind closed doors is everything happening in my life has led me to be exactly where I'm at today. And as long as I'm intentionally and showing up from the inside out, from that place of volition, everything that comes thereafter is a part of a process because there is nothing that I can control except for how I respond in the experience that I'm presented with. And I am excited for the opportunity every day that I wake up to do it a little bit different. And that's, you know, that's one thing I finish with is always, you know, having those mantras. That's another <laughs> Another Easter egg mantras, if you, you know, it'll pull you out of every other little spot and even grounding mantras that you can tap into. So different for everyone. Yeah, 100%. I know I have the app Think Up. I don't know if you're where I can record myself saying my mantras and like listen to those. And they're really beautiful. Like if I'm going for a walk or something, I can like listen to myself reading them over and over and over again. And yeah, I really appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you for that. That little, that bow on top. That was really great. So wrap up questions. What is one way that you slow down amidst our busy world? I practice breath. You know, breath is the most important thing. We do it every day and we don't give it the gratitude that it actually brings. So in a moment where Things are chaotic. I practice breath and how I respond to people. I practice breath in how I hold space for myself. I practice breath in my self-care. So if I'm doing cardio, I take the time to go in and experience my breath. And in every breath I release in a time of you know self-care, doing a little strenuous exercise, that expel of breath is when I let things go. And then when I'm taking that breath in is when I breathe in something new. And then I work on transmutating it into something I've never done. You know, so practicing breath is the biggest thing that I'll say in that. You know, if you find yourself stressed, take two or three breaths. And in the beginning, while you're learning and you're, you know, learning to connect with yourself, you might have to take 30 seconds worth of breath. <laughs> so with that, I'd love to just invite everybody to just take a deep breath. Like right now, just take a deep breath in. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. So good. I love that. And then who are a couple humans you deeply admire or folks that you're currently learning from? Great question. The people that I'm learning from are the people who are the ones that have made impact in our, in our history. You know, and I'll, I'll just speak to a couple of books in the last month. Yeah, I mean, I went through the life of uh, Albert Einstein. I went through the life of Malcolm X. I went through the life of uh, Gandhi. I mean, you know, going through their lives and 
you know, really just taking a look at our history. You know, Genghis Khan, believe it or not, what a lot of people have known in the Western world has to be as a vicious man, but he actually united a nation with all religions with no prejudice to any religion. You don't hear about these things. And what I realized is in taking the time to learn about the life of those who live a great life, an impactful life, more than anything, an impactful life, the parallels that are gleaned from every story speaks to exactly where I'm at now. And those are the people that I learned from. Yeah, that's really good. I love that. There's so much wisdom in the the people that have come before us. So yeah, I really appreciate that. That's the first time anyone's ever really said something like that on the podcast. So I really appreciate that. Very cool. And then how can we find and support you online? Absolutely. Um, right now, you know, you have Instagram, you can get me at Brian Lovelace official. There'll be more things coming as I will, you know, try to soundboard on Instagram as I start to transition things to websites and, you know, creating links where if, you know, you want to have a, a, you know, just have a nice little discovery, you know, conversation to really just say, Hey, I want to see if you actually are for me or not. Uh, you can always, you know, get into the DM, send me a message. You know, just know that you're going to get an experience. And, um, you know, that's the yeah, greatest way to uh, reach me right now. Awesome. Awesome. And we will include all of these links in the show notes so people can find you and also where they can kind of connect with some of these resources, including we'll try and link some books on, on like Albert Einstein and, and Malcolm X and all of that as well. So people can have, have that available. So thank you so, so much. This has been so juicy and so good. And I know that... I feel like this is going to be one of those episodes people have to listen back to a few times because you had so much goodness just sprinkled throughout all of that. So yeah, I just really appreciate your time and thanks for joining me. Hey, thank you for having me here. I was in a, I'm in the midst of it right now. And this is what it sounds like when I'm grounded while dealing with chaos. Hey, I love that. I love that. (laughs) We all have a little bit of chaos in different ways. And yeah, I really appreciate that as well. Just showing up amidst the chaos and kind of learning how to to live life amidst that. So thank you so much for sharing that as well. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the Reclamation Podcast. I hope it served you on your own reclamation journey and know that I am rooting for you all the way. If you are desiring support on your journey, head to megscolleen.com. That's M-E-G-S-C-O-L-L-E-E-N.com to learn more about me and my current coaching offerings and availability. If you want to learn more about the show guests, head to the show website, thereclamationpodcast.com. And last, but definitely not least, if you found value in the show, sharing this episode with friends and posting a quick review is always appreciated. As always, reclamation is yours. Reclamation.